John 8, if you would go there please, John the 8th chapter. John 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Thank you. Well, uh, this 32nd verse is well known. A lot of people quote it by itself. But can you see that it's part of what is said in verse 31? There's not even a period at the end of verse 31 in the punctuation markings. It's just a flow of thought. And we might ask the question, who is going to know the truth and be set free? Well, you got to see that in verse 31. Who's going to do Not just believers. I know that sounds strange to some people, but these people he's talking to were believers. They did believe on him. But he's talking about something beyond believing on him. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. That's what we've been talking about for several weeks now, becoming a disciple of Jesus. I'm learning some things. How about you? I am. I'm getting helped. We see, just because you're a believer, that doesn't make you his disciple. This is going much further with the Lord. This is a greater commitment. This is a greater submission to him. Disciple means a learner, a follower. We've talked about it, how that we've got so many examples of it in life. You know, masters and apprentices, masters and interns. In the martial arts, you see it. We talked about Star Wars has a version of it. And uh, we have found not a master, we have found the master. His name is Jesus. Do you want to be his disciple, his learner, his follower? Well, we've seen already it's going to cost you to follow him and be his disciple. We've got millions of folks that come to church and they're believers. But that's all they've been taught that there is, is just believing in Jesus. And there are people that are defeated in their life. They're not living victoriously. They've got all kind of sin in their life. All kind of failure. Their needs are not met. But they believe in Jesus. And they think that's all there is to it. And just hold on. Until one of these days you'll die and go to be with Jesus. Or maybe he'll come back. And a lot of people are really wanting him to come back. Today. Because <laughs> they're in trouble. Come back now, Jesus. I owe money. Well, that's not the way to think. He wants us to occupy till he comes. And he wants to come back for a glorious, victorious church. That we're not, you know, struggling and subsisting, but that we are like he made us, overcomers. More than conquerors, always triumphing in Him. 
Well, we want to go beyond being believers and become disciples. Now, the purpose of becoming a disciple is laid out in Luke, the sixth chapter, if you turn over there. Luke chapter 6. Luke 6 and verse 40. Luke 6.40 says, The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Is it possible to be like the master? The Amplified says, A pupil is not superior to his teacher, but everyone when he's completely trained. He says that instead of saying perfect. Then that's what perfect means in this setting is complete. Completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to rights, and perfected, he'll be like his teacher. The English version says, when he's completed his training, he'll be like his teacher. He'll be like the master. The disciple is not above his master. Now, a lot of folks think that'd be unnecessary to say. Well, Brother Keith, I never imagined I'd be above the master. Well, it was obviously necessary to say it. There's more than one side to this thing. Some people think they can achieve some things like the master did, but not live like he did. Hmm? That would be thinking you're above the master. That you can have miracles like he did, but not keep your body under like he did. Not pray like he did. Not have faith like he did. Well, the disciple's not above his master. Ever what Jesus had to do to accomplish it, you're going to have to do the same thing. <laughs> so there's more than one side to that thing. Go with me, please, over to uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews chapter 12. As we've said before, you've got millions of church-going people They do not believe anyone can be like Jesus to any appreciable degree in this life. They push everything off into the future. And yeah, they believe they'll be like Him, but it's in eternity, not now. And because of that, then you got millions that are not even trying to be like Him. They're just accepting themselves as they are. The problem is not folks not being like Jesus. It's people accepting themselves and being content to stay like they are, unlike Jesus, and not even making an effort to become like him. And you got millions in this place. Then you got a few that have some light and they believe it's possible to become like Jesus in this lifetime. But the price is just too high. (laughs) You know, they believe you could if you're willing to cut all this off and lay all this aside and, and do this. But it just seems like too much work and too hard when you can just be what you are and just stay where you are. And that's why we, we, get into the teaching on training like an Olympic athlete, on training like a special forces soldier and enduring hardness. That's the mentality we're supposed to have every day is that we are on it 
to become like him. How much like him do you think you are right now? If we had to use a figure from zero to 100%. (laughs) If we could take Jesus and stand him up here today and put you beside him and put the spotlight. And we could examine every area of you and how you think and what you do in your life. How much like him are you right now? 90%? Like him? (laughs) 50? 30? 3.5%? Like Jesus? Well, okay, what if you're not all that much like him? Is it okay to be content to stay the way you are? Or should you be on a quest to become like Him? Now. Not in the sweet by and by. Now. Should you and I be on it? See, that's the difference between a believer and a disciple. A believer is content to just stay like they are. And be just kind of, you know, accept themselves not being like Jesus in this lifetime and not put forth an effort to change. But a disciple says, no, I'm going to be like him here and now. I'm in training every day, right? 24-7. I'm in training to be like him. Well, What's it going to take to be like him? If you are only three and a half percent like him, how much change needs to happen? (laughs) Was that 96.5? 96.5 percent change required. That's a lot of changing. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, say, you need to change. (laughs) You need You need to change. Tell them a lot. You need to change a lot. (laughs) Is it true or not? Is it true? Read this now in Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 and 5. He says, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. Nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Now a lot of folk don't like to read these verses. But this is good. This is love. Do we need any correction? Well, if we're only 3% like Jesus... We need a lot of correction. That means a lot of the way we are is not right. It needs to be changed. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens not? If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, you're bastards and not sons. Well, we have a father, don't we? Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? 
For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our what? Why is he correcting us? Why? Come on, do you see? This is important. For our profit, that we might be what? Partakers of his. Does this sound like becoming like him? This is becoming like him. What's it going to take to get us there? A lot of change. A lot of instruction. A lot of correction. Even rebuke. Even reproof. But we need it. And if you want to be like Jesus, you'll take it. You'll not only take it, you'll be thankful for it. Let's compare it again to the Olympic athlete. Do they get corrected? For how long? Their coaches, their trainers, do they correct them? They've done it for 900,000 times. And the coach says, no, 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 I've told you no. You dropped your hand again. Come, get off of there. Come here. Now do another 100 push-ups. Give me another two miles. Keep that hand there. And they could say, all you do is correct me. I'm already better than 90% of the people in the whole world. And you think, you know, I could get a little good. That's good once in a while. But now it's always, this is wrong and that is wrong. And you got to be faster and you got to be quicker and you got to be more precise and better. Well, if you want to be the best in the world, honey, that's how it's got to be. You got to keep changing. How much more like Jesus can you become? A lot. What's it going to take to get you there? A lot of change and correction. So you could say it like this. How much more like Jesus can you be? Well, how much more correction can you take? Because the moment you go, I, I, you know, just leave me alone. I'm okay like I am. Are you really? No. <laughs> I'm okay like I am. And the world is pushing this. People who don't even know Jesus want to tell us how Jesus is. If you say anything about what's right or wrong or good or bad, ah, they say, Jesus preached love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. And you're just judging us. You have to accept us the way we are. Said who? Jesus did not preach love and acceptance. And the reason people say it like this is because they're trying to get you to accept their sin. Accept our sin. Accept us the way we are. Christians doing the same things. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. You don't have to accept me the way I am. No, we don't. We can accept you where you are. We can love you no matter where you are or what you've done, but we do not have to accept your ungodliness. We do not have to accept your sin. We're not supposed to. And you're not supposed to accept yourself that way either. So many expect so little of themselves. You hear this all the time. People say, well, I'm trying. 
I'm doing the best I can. It's a lie. They're not doing half of what they're capable of. It's a lie. What's the best we can do? What's the best we can be? Jesus. Is it true or not? What's the best we can be? Jesus has come and shown what's the best a man can be. He demonstrated it with no unfair example over us. Not only that, He has given us His name. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Holy Spirit to help us 24-7 to become like Him too. We got to require more of ourselves. We got to expect more of ourselves. We got to quit making excuses for falling so low below the standard of Jesus. Is that okay? He said he's correcting us for our good, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Are you willing to receive some correction and change? Would you say, Lord, here I am. Help me. Correct me. I'll receive it. Come on, pray it then. Say it out loud, Lord, here I am. I want to be like you. I believe. I can be. Like the Master. With your help. I can be like you. I know I'm not all there. But I want to change. Help me. Teach me. Show me. Correct me. I'll receive it. I want to change. I believe I can. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Expect it then. It'll come. People that love you will help you. God loves you. He'll help you. He'll point things out. That's not like the master. That's not like the master. No, you need change. This is like the master. And one of the big things is that we're seeing him. How can you become like him? You must first see him. So uh, simultaneous with this, we're believing Jesus to reveal himself to us further than we've ever seen him. That we see him as he really is. Not how religion or confused people have portrayed him to be, but how he really is. And as we behold him, we become more like him if we're willing to make the changes. And you just said you were. Glory to God. It's exciting to think we could have a church full of disciples here. Ah. Man, that's exciting. Go to 1 John, the third chapter, please. 1 John and 3. You know, there's so much junk that is taught as Christianity. So much just solical, traditional junk. And uh, people get mired up in stuff that's not their main issues. How many know it doesn't get any more important than Jesus? Jesus. Knowing Him. He's real. Becoming like Him. Letting Him be Lord in your life. How many think that's majoring on the major? Not getting sidetracked with other things. Where we're on it. That's what we're on right now. Are you on it with me? We're on it together. How many think a church of Christians are to be like the Christ? Huh? What is Christianity? We ought to be growing to the point 
where when people see us, they see him. Oh, we're not claiming it's 100% like him today, but it ought to be getting close. It ought to be getting closer every day, closer every week. They ought to at least see something of him in us. They ought to at least hear something of him in us. And in order to get more and more and more, like John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. Said out loud, less of me, more of him. Yeah. And that's going to require change, lots of correction, but you asked for it. Didn't you? So you won't be shocked when it comes. <laughs> We've had folks that work with us, and you know, correct them one time in six months. Just one time in six months. And they look at you like, oh, oh, you're correcting me. You want to say, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you think you had already arrived at Christ-like perfection and needed no correction? It's amazing how many people feel like this. They feel like, oh, 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 that's correction. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tell your neighbor again, you need to change. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be shocked when you find out something else you need to change and a lot of things it would be wonderful if you found out 800 things tomorrow <laughs> 800 things because that means that's 800 ways you could be more like Jesus by the end of the week I don't want to be corrected 800 times well How much like him can you be? Well, how much correction can you take? 1 John, the third chapter. 1 John 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. How many know there is nobody higher in the creation of God than the sons of God, only God? You got God, sons of God. Everything else under that, right? Angels and all the other created beings. You know, it hasn't dawned on us. That's what he's saying. What manner of love. How much the Father has loved us by making us what he has made us. Sons of God. You know, Jesus used to be called the only begotten. And now he's called the first begotten. Why? Because all of us are ones like him. He said that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now, when? Now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Like him. For we shall see him as he is. So see, seeing him is a vital part of becoming like him. And every man that has this hope in him, what hope? The hope of being like him does what? Purifies himself even as he is pure. Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. How many understand the more sin you're in, the less you are like him? Sin is not like him. So if we're going to be like him, 
We got to get out of sin. Hmm? Quit living in sin. Now, uh, you have a lot of people, even preachers will tell folks, we're just old sinners, saved by grace. And the implication is, we're going to sin. You're going to sin every day. And there really ain't a whole lot you can do about it. Well, how much like Jesus is that? He went all his life and never sinned once. And you can't go all day? Huh? This is, well, we've all sinned and come short, so we've already blown that. We can't be like him. Yes, you can by the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> by the blood of the Lamb, you can be washed clean and start with no sin. Oh, thank God. He has enabled us to be like him and become like him. But you can't just live so lax and sloppy and go, well, I sin, but I'm just a man. See, you're not a disciple. You're barely a believer. And you're just going to yield to whatever comes along and y'all pray for me. I'm doing the best I can. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're lying. You ain't doing half of what you can. But it's easier just to excuse everything. He said, verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him does what? Sinneth not. Now that's that present tense continuous, sin and keeps on sinning. You've made mistakes, but the Amplified talks about this. Put this up please in the Amplified. It says, uh, no one who abides in him, that goes back to our text in verse 31, continuing in his word, abiding in him, who lives and remains in communion with and obedience to him, deliberately, knowingly, and habitually commits, practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. How you become like him? You got to see him and be with him. You remember the disciples when the man was uh, healed, the lame man at the gate called beautiful. The, even the rulers and everybody, the Bible said, took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Why? They're acting like him. They're talking like him. They look like him. Well, if you're with Jesus and you're seeing him and hearing him, you're not going to be practicing sin. You can't be. You won't live like that. Verse 7, little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. If we're going to be like him, we've got to live right. True? He that commits sin is of the devil. Now what if you're a liar? And you're more of a liar now than you were last year. Well, whose disciple are you? Who's the master liar? Well, that's got nothing to do with Jesus. Who taught you how to lie? Who taught you how to deceive? Who taught you how to steal? Who taught you how to sin? The evil one. You'd be his disciple. Learning his ways. Becoming like him. No, no. Jesus is our master. He never told a lie. Ever. Never deceived anybody about anything. Ever. The more like him we become, lying goes away. 
Deceiving goes away. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God, somebody say, that's me, does not commit sin. His seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. This again is talking about this living in sin, practicing sin as a way of life. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. We're his disciples. We're to become like him. As we become like him, all this devilish stuff goes away. Go with me to uh, 2 Corinthians 6 chapter. Now, as we said before, there's this press on in the world to accept sin. And it's a trick of the devil because whatever you allow, you just took a step toward becoming. Tolerance is the first step toward conformity. When you let it go, And say, well, I'm not going to do it, but it's okay if you do. You just took a step toward becoming like that. And the enemy is very crafty and deceptive that way. You know, there are things that are just open and accepted now that 50 years ago would not have been accepted at all. Well, it's not because we've become more like Jesus. There were things Jesus did not do and would not do. There are lines he would not cross. Hmm? He would not doubt the Father. He would not fear. He would not get in unbelief. He would not sin. You look at the temptation where the enemy tempted him intensely for that period of time. How many can see he was tired, he was weak, he was pressed. He was hungry, but there were lines he would not cross. He's our master. He's the standard. We've got to be that way. We live in a society where even in churches, everything is okay. Anything is all right. And we're just human beings. And we just have faults and failures, and y'all pray for us. and, And we're trying, and the truth is, they're not. There are things that should be absolutely unacceptable to us, and we won't have them in our house. We won't have them in our life. We won't participate in them. Now, this is holiness, but it's not what some people have made it out to be. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, said it like this one time. I think it's an excellent way to say it. Holiness is not some men's or denominations list of do's and don'ts. Holiness is Christ-likeness. What's holiness? Being like Him. Christ-likeness. Being like Him. Did you find the place there? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Should we observe this or not? Should we take him seriously about this? Don't do it, he said. 
For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial the devil? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. Are we supposed to be separated? That's what holy means. Holy means, if you look up the words, basic two, two strong meanings there. One is clean. Holy means clean, pure. Holy also means separated. Well, how do you separate things? Boundaries. What if you had BBs on this side and you want to separate from the BBs? You put a boundary in there. That's how you separate them. We're to be separate from evil and defiling ungodly, unclean things. And we're to be separated unto God. We belong to Him. Someone says, well, what are you talking about, Brother Keith? I mean, who's going to tell me what's right and what's wrong and what's clean and what's unclean? you got somebody inside you. That's where men have gone wrong is by trying to set up lists and rules and do's and don'ts. Well, the problem is we're all at different places of light. You know, and if you've been walk with the Lord for any length of time, you know that years ago you were doing some things, but you didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. But you grew some, and you saw some things you hadn't seen before. And you saw, well, that's not like the Lord. And you changed it. But the Lord doesn't hold you accountable for the light that somebody else has. He holds you accountable for the light that you have. Now, when you say that, immediately a lot of folks will say, well, I just don't know if I see that or not. And that's deception. Because they do see stuff. (laughs) And the Lord knows what you see. And what you don't. So no need trying to pretend with Him. What does it mean to walk like the Lord? Didn't He say, be ye holy, for I am holy. What does that mean? It just simply means this. If you know something is wrong in your heart, stop. Don't act like you don't know. Don't act like you're confused about it. Stop. If you know you're supposed to be doing something, don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. Do it. Do it. Walk in the light you have. Do what you know to do. And if you'll do that every day, you'll get closer to being like him. You'll be coming more like him. More like, why? Because as we have light and walk in the light, He gives us more light. More light for what? He is the light. Giving us more light is giving us more of Him. The more of Him we see, the more like Him we can become. Oh, do you see it, friends? Keep reading. He said in verse 17, Come out from among them, be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 7-1, now right on through. It says, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us do what? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This is what Hebrews said, why he's correcting us 
for our profit, for our good, so we could be partakers of His holiness. Well, how is it then that we're going to cleanse ourselves? Well, when you see it, you've got to do something about it. He'll show us. But when we see it, we've got to make the change. Now, this is not about you judging somebody else, telling them what they shouldn't do. This is about you and me walking in the light that we have. But as we do, the more like Him we become, there's a lot of stuff is not going to be acceptable to us anymore. And we'll have to tell people, no, no, I don't want to go there. You're not trying to be religious. You just know it's not right. Well, so-and-so and other people went there. Well, that's between them and the Lord. I don't know what they see. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. There should be a lot of things that become unacceptable to you. Hmm? Because your standard's coming up. Stuff you used to allow, you don't allow anymore. Huh? Stuff you used to let slide, used to let yourself be a part of, used to let yourself say and do. See, we got all kind of Christians. It's kind of like the person that's way overweight, and they say, well, I already ate three pieces of pie. I might as well eat the rest of the pie. In fact, we might as well eat another pie. I'm already fat. I've already blown it today. That's the devil. That's the devil. Well, what if you fell off the the wagon? How are you going to get better? How are you going to get closer by just going, well, I fell off the wagon. Might as well fell off the cliff. (laughs) No. No. You can recover from falling off the wagon. Falling off the cliff. (laughs) Just keeping falling. You can get to some places where it's hard to recover from. Oops, I said a cuss word. Well, I already said it now. Might as well get it out of my system. Might as well just really cuss. No. No, you're wanting to become more like Jesus. No, don't say, well, I've blown it. I might as well just go ahead. (laughs) Well, I kissed them and I shouldn't have. I might as well just have an affair now. No, you're laughing. But this kind of stuff is going on. No, friend. The earliest you can check and say, "Uh uh-uh, I am not crossing this line. This is not the Lord. He wouldn't do this. This is not faith. This is not love. This is not clean. This is not right. Go on over with me to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 1 Corinthians 5. He said, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 1 Corinthians 5. If all of us walked in all the light we had, (laughs) it'd be a different church. (laughs) People pretend. People pretend. Act like they don't know when they know. Act like they don't know any better when they do. And some of these folks have been doing it all their life. They started doing it when they were kids. They found out they could fool their parents. They learn how to do it because they watch their parents fool other people. That's why lying is such a serious thing, my friends. I, it cannot be overstated how damaging lying is. What it does to your spirit. What it does to your relationships. What it does to your faith. It just devastates your life. Jesus never told a lie. Are you believing to become just like him? 
Then what does that mean? It means you go day after day after month after month and do not lie. If it costs you, it costs you, but you don't lie. Whatever price you're going to pay, I'm telling you, it's not as bad as the price you pay if you lie. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, if they don't find out about it, then I get by with Nobody ever gets by with anything, my friend. Spiritual things are real. And people know more than you think they know. Phyllis and I laugh sometimes about folks trying to con us. Because the more you get that area straight in your own life, you can see a con coming a mile away. <laughs> people living in deception, they're already deceiving themselves. They're living in lies. No, but it's so wonderful when you get clear in this area. You're out the Covers come off of your eyes. You see things the way they really are. And when the devil starts trying to lie to you. You see it coming. And you're not ignorant of his devices. And you're not easily deceived. Doesn't that come back to our text? And you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Why? Because you're a disciple. You're continuing in his word every day. You refuse to lie. You refuse to be a partner to these things. You got standards. You got the standard. First Corinthians, are you there? Fifth chapter and seven. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of what? Sincerity and truth. Now come on, think about it. How are you going to become like Jesus? You've got to see Him as He really is, and you've got to allow yourself to be changed, to become like Him. Come on, imagine yourself right now looking into the eyes of Jesus. Do you think you could see any bit of falseness or fakeness in him? Nothing. Complete truth. When he talks to you, could there be any deception in what he's telling you? Is he trying to fool you or deceive you at all, ever, for life, for eternity? Well, are you becoming like him? Hmm? Then are you becoming that way? That when people see you, they see the real deal. No fakery. No junk. No pretending. No lying. No deceiving. Because any of that is completely unlike him. Sincerity. Truth. That's like Jesus. Keep reading. Verse 9, he said, I wrote to you in an epistle not to company or fellowship with fornicators. Is fornication okay? Fornication is having sex with people you're not married to. Adultery is having sex with somebody else's spouse. Are these things okay? Are we to say, well, just a man. You know, we all make mistakes. 
See, more and more, these things are being accepted. And we just got an epidemic of sin in the church. Do you know it? And people have let themselves cross lines they should never have crossed. Well, it just happened. No, it didn't just happen. And you know it didn't just happen. You know where you crossed the line last year. Letting yourself think about it. Letting yourself talk to them about things you got no business talking about. You had to cross a lot of lines before you crossed that physical line. Don't lie to yourself. Don't kid yourself. You knew better. You knew what you were doing months before you crossed those lines. You knew what you were doing. Don't kid yourself. All we got to do, friends, is walk in the light we have. If you'll follow your heart, you'll know. There's some people, there's some people you can't even be nice to. You can't even be cordial to. They got stuff on their mind. Are you listening? They're always wanting a hug. Always wanting a kiss. Always wanting some time. You need to spend no time. No hug. Go the other way. Get something else to do. Problem is your body wants to do it. And the world's trying to tell us it's just natural. We all got urges. We all got desires. Well, we do. And that's part of what this godless teaching about the theory of evolution. I said theory. Theory. Darwin visited an island and had an idea. Had a theory. It's a theory. We are not just animals. We are not just highly evolved animals. That's a big part of this push. If I'm just an animal, I'm not really responsible for my primal urges. My Cro-Magnon grandfather didn't control his. Why have I got to control mine? I'm just a dressed up, shaven ape. Lies. I said lies. Lies, 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 lies. God made those creatures in different categories from us. Because of sin, sin. And because of the curse, man has not evolved to his current place. Man has fallen, devolved to where many act like animals. But beloved, now we are the sons of God. Oh, come on. Sons of God. Or to act like sons of God. There's a right place and time. God's provided for it. In marriage. With commitment. Where children born in such situations can be loved and cared for and reared. Right? And taught. That's why we got these millions of unwanted children that people are killing. And it's not okay. I said, it's not okay. Are y'all with me, saints? We should be on our way to becoming more like him. There are things Jesus did not do. You know he would never do. 
And if it was not okay for him to do it. Come on now. He's my master. I'm in training with him. If he wouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. It's not okay. Lines he wouldn't cross. I shouldn't cross. It's not okay for us to set another standard. That's lower than his. And say I'm just going to live by my standard. I know it ain't up to yours. But surely you can't expect me to live up to yours. He does. I said he does. He does. It's not okay for us to create our own standards and every man do what he thinks is okay. No, he is the standard. Keep reading this. I wrote to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Now, friend, if you failed and missed it in the past, you know, it'd be hard to find anybody in here that hadn't missed it and come short. Yielded to the flesh in some way and something. We're not talking about the past. If it happened this morning, that's past too. Repent. Repent means change. Ask God to forgive you. Get it right. Believe He can satisfy you without you doing something wrong. Believe. I don't care how miserable your marriage is. Believe God's big. Believe He's so big, He can satisfy you and your spouse in your union. He can change you and them so much that what used to be tormenting could become amazing and fulfilling. We've seen it. We've seen it again and again. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. It's easy. If you're single, believe God can give you contentment and satisfaction being single. Or if you're supposed to be married, He can get you with the right person. But you don't have to do what you know is wrong. You don't have to cross those lines and sin and practice sinning. The wages of sin is death. It's killing you. I said it's killing you. It's choking the light out of your mind. It's stealing your joy. It's stealing your peace. It makes you feel substandard. It makes you feel insecure. It makes you feel like a failure. And the devil just has a heyday with condemning you and beating you. And keeping you out of your teams and your ministry and all the things. You know, we got a lot of people that ought to be in church this morning. And a lot of them, it ain't because they're offended with something I preached or anything like that. They just are ashamed. They're just embarrassed. They know their life is not right. That's sad. They need to be in here with us. They need to be getting fed. But so many times it's not so much, I mean, if they know us, they know we wouldn't condemn them. But so many times that's not the case. They're just not willing to change. They're not ready to change yet. And that's a problem. And friend, life is short. You can waste 20 years like that. You can look up and half your life be gone. Not doing the will of God. Friend, yielding to the flesh is what you get out of it is not remotely worth the price you pay. And you ought to have faith in God that He can take care of me. He can satisfy me. If I'll obey Him, He can take care of me. He can keep me content. Being single, He can make me content. Come on, do you believe God's that big? Come on now, do you believe God's that big? He made you. Can't He help you? (laughs) And in your marriage, He can turn the bitter into sweet. Keep reading. 
1 Corinthians 5, 9. I wrote to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must you needs go out of the world. He's not talking about unsaved people you work with. People that don't go to church. Don't be holier than thou. Don't judge them. Love them. Let them see the light in your life. Who's he talking about? Verse 11. I've written to you not to keep company if any man that's called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such an one know not to eat. People that's going to church here, people that know better, if they start living like this, you got to quit hanging with them. I didn't say so. He said so. Don't think you're going to be free from drugs and you keep hanging around people that take drugs. I don't care how many confessions you make and how many services you go to. you got to get away from your druggy friends. I know it's hard. Didn't say it was easy. But unless you break, you're not serious about being free. You're not serious about being like Jesus. You need friends that's after being like Jesus. They want to live holy, want to live clean, want to do things right. People that's sleeping around, people are doing stuff, church going people. People supposed to be pastors and ministers are doing stuff. Everybody should know is not right. But people are going along with it because your flesh wants to do it. Time to change. It was time to change actually some while back, but. We can't do it any earlier. So, so let's say time to change. If we're going to be like Jesus, we got to do a lot of changing. So we might as well get it going today. Let's cut off. What do you do? Don't ask somebody what they think is right and wrong. Check right in here. Be honest about what you know on the inside of you. That'll get it. I said that'll get it. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Now, one thing I I should say, John 7, if y'all would put that up on the screen for everybody, John 7, 7. We need to preach righteousness. We need to live right. Jesus didn't preach love and acceptance. He preached repentance. And the kingdom of God. He called sin, sin. He did. And because of it, he was hated. And eventually killed. Of course, God had the bigger plan of him redeeming us. But in John 7 and uh, 7, he's talking to his natural brethren that didn't believe in him. He said, the world can't hate you, but me it hates John 15 talks about the world would love its own. The more like the world you are, the less trouble you have with the world. The more like Jesus you become, though, it's going to be a deal. The more like Jesus you become, the more the world will hate you. And this is one of the big reasons why. Verse 7, the latter part. He said, why does the world hate? hate me. He said, me it hates because 
I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. He preached and said, fornication is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Lying is wrong. Murder is wrong. Hmm? Not only saying it, but living it. It's wrong. Now, if you're that black and white, and you're that uncompromising, people are not going to like it. They're going to say, oh, you're holier than thou. Oh, you're judging me. Oh, you have to accept me the way I am. We've already established that. No, you don't. You love them where they are, but you don't accept sin. Not in their life or yours. We set it aside. There are so many things that are absolutely unacceptable for us. Lying is one of them. Stealing. Adultery. Fornication. Homosexuality. Abortion. Are y'all with me? Say it out loud. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And the list goes on. People don't like that. I didn't set what is acceptable and unacceptable. It was set long time before I ever got here. What's the standard we hold ourselves up to? Jesus is the standard. Can every man be their own standard? No. He's the standard. Close your eyes, saints. Check your heart for a few moments here. Well, if your heart's bothering you about something, now's the time to get it right. Right now, before you leave. You don't have to wait till later to change. You can change right here, right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wait on him just a moment. Lord, we worship you. We desire to be like you. Pray this out loud. Father God, every unclean thing, ungodly, defiling, evil thing in our lives, help us to see it clearly. That which displeases you, which is unacceptable in your eyes. All that is not like the Master, not like you, help us to see it clearly. We have a desire to cleanse ourselves and be purged from it and be separated from it and to purify ourselves even as He is pure. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Oh, just praise him some more. Lord, we praise you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Now don't look back. No condemnation. If you're forgiven, you're forgiven. If you're cleansed, you're cleansed. If you repent, God hears you. Cleanses you. Washes you. He says your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. If he doesn't remember them, you don't have to. But now the question is, what are you going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? Some are going to have to go home and call some people or tell some people that are there, uh, I've got to change this. We can't keep on like this. We can't continue with this. We've got to change. This is not right. I can't be a part of this anymore. They won't like it. But that's part of the persecution for living godly. That's part of the price you pay for being a disciple of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And it'll shut the door to the destroyer in your life. He's got some terrible things planned for you. If you just continue in living in sin, you know it's wrong. And if you keep overriding your conscience, he's got some things set up for you to destroy you. But God would spare you. You can repent and get out of it now. And it never happened. Oh, thank you, Lord. Your mercy endures. Your mercy endures. Others, when your friends call this afternoon or this evening, you're going to have to say, no, I can't come. Because you know what they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing drugs. You know what they're going to be doing. They're going to be trying to get into fornication. Come on, be strong and say, no, I can't go. I choose not to. They say, what's wrong with you? You say, I'm a Christian. They say, well, I am too. You say, well, you start acting like one. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wait in His presence just a moment here. Lord, thank you for your love and grace to us and on us. How good you are. Some folks need to say this as well. Say it out loud if you mean it. Father God, forgive me For acting like I didn't know. Acting like I didn't see. Things you had shown me. Things I knew was right. Things I knew was wrong. I'm going to quit that. I'm going to be honest with you. With myself. With others. About what I see. About what I know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.